Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank, with your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, is GameFi dead? Who knows? Maybe my prediction was wrong, but we'll get into that later. What are you seeing in the news, Andrew? Well, I think actually the first couple of things on this will sort of refute that headline right off the bat, unfortunately. So maybe not the uh, the best order here, but uh, we'll, we'll uh, start with this one. The NFT game Alluvium just had their land sale and they raised 72 million in digital, la- digital land. So, you know, was it uh, was no Yuga, but that was 72 million in digital land sales. So impressive uh, sale there from Alluvium. Uh, you've talked a bit about them before, or at least in the uh, in the Discord. Or did you get in on this at all? Yeah, I mean, we talked about Alluvium in the past where we said, you know, about their coin and taking a look at, you know, what that might look, you know, look like to, to pull on their coin. Of course, everything is taking a, taking a drop overall, but just... It's amazing to see that type of, you know, price action and volume done in this type of market, right? It's, you know, a uh, testament to how big their, their audience is. Alluvium, just as a reminder, is this, you know, a incredibly complex uh, game that's going to kind of be like a Pokemon adventure style yield and, and land involvement. Uh, it's got some beautiful assets it's got a very strong team that has been working for in well over a year and they've slowly 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 built this audience uh over time so you know pretty impressive it's on the uh immutable x it's a layer two right on um ethereum is that correct yeah that's right so they're uh they're building on a on a layer two chain in many of the right ways but you know worth taking a look those those prices are are up there though yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, that is an impressive uh, sale in this market and I would be hesitant to jump in right away, but certainly worth taking a look at because uh, that, that's commanding some real attention and uh, considering how things are out there right now. All right, next one here, we've got uh, Red Village. Well, project we've talked about a lot recommended. They announced a $6.5 million seed round uh, led by Animoca Brands. Um, so that's a big... Uh, <laughs> They've invested in just about every uh, every game, it seems, in the Web3 space. So, uh, But that's a pretty sizable round. Good to see here. And for a project that, you know, we've been certainly involved in, it's uh, very nice to see uh, some money coming into it. You know, big question is, what, what do you do with those funds and how does that help uh, development? You know, the Red Village is uh, one of those that hope, hopefully makes it over time, but they are a unique player. The game actually works. I, you know, have been playing it. Full disclosure, we both own some of those little characters and I uh, can go on and have them battle over that. It's just uh, decent graphics and gameplay. So curious to see where that money takes them. Yeah. And all right. Well, speaking of uh, well, games and George, you may as well take this one. This is something from Zed World. 
I was excited to see this Budweiser, the official beer of digital horse racing. So Budweiser coming in to sponsor Zed Run. And so they've got actually, like, I feel like I have to go get one of these right now. They're they're releasing a, and that collectible will give you access in the game to different perks and skins for your horse. But it's just interesting at a macro level to see how once a game is going, you're going to be able to tap into this extra revenue stream of advertising. Because similarly to anything else, once you have the eyeballs, you can then sell uh, sell that attention. And for brands that want to look cool, want to seem Web3 friendly ready, this is, you know, Zed being able to come in with a solution that's going to bring money into the ecosystem that is not coming out of user extracted value and instead bringing those assets to bear. And, you know, if you're participating, they're going to have tournaments which is going to be funded by, you know, supposedly the, the, <laughs> the marketing dollars from, from Budweiser and they'll have tracks in the game. So they're in many ways, you know, Zed is a dinosaur somehow in Web3 land and they slowly move toward what hopefully is a good outcome for the, the people that are in the community, speaking as community. But they are showing how you can generate revenue through other means. And this, uh, this will be part of, I believe, a balanced revenue diet that doesn't involve, you know, ACCZ writing checks out of the, <laughs> the ether just to give you more money of Ethereum. Yeah, I think that is a, it's a cool partnership. Uh, Zed has had some big name uh, partnerships in the past. You know, I'm looking forward to when we get some sort of, uh, you know, Budweiser sponsored bar games where we can do Zed right at, at the bar or something. It'll really start bringing some more people in and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Zed would like people, you know, being a little more inspired to, uh, to buy another pony or two. Yeah, I have plenty. So if you're in discord and you want a pony, I'll give you a, I'll give you one that'll chug along, but they are for one of the, one of the prizes giving away a lifetime supply of beer. So I, I mean, I have a pony that might, might put up for that. Uh, we'll see. All right. And looks like we've got even more gaming news. We've got Epic Games. Epic, one of the largest creators of publishers of um, of traditional gaming or video gaming uh, titles. Um, they have announced that they will host their first Web3 game this year. So that's uh, that's news because the traditional gaming industry has largely not been very accepting of, of Web3 and of NFTs. So this is uh, sort of bucking that trend. That's a big game player getting into the space. And this is the question of will the next winner come from the traditional games ecosystem or the traditional, I mean, or from the, from the crypto world. And if I'm being honest, the next big name will probably come from folks that have 40 feet out how to make games fun. Right now, for the most part, the, you know, the games that are involved are games of chance, right? I'm entering a horse into an ecosystem and I hope it comes out. Now, I'm paying attention to the analytics and all that. I'm entering my little warrior into a little collection of other warriors. I'm paying for them to enter. I have a flower. I am staking it and trying to optimize for <laughs> how many bees or extra pieces of land to like optimize a staking yield. Like, sorry, those are like not, those are not games. Those are different types of strategy games but when you talk about a player like that that's a you know capital g game yeah uh, well, that is well we'll talk some more about the 
the game side of this, I think, as we get into the uh, the, the episode a little bit more here, uh, we certainly have a lot of gaming our Web3 crypto gaming news here. Um, one last piece wanted to mention. So this wasn't as much news, but just uh, kind of a roundup of what some of the NFT art platforms are doing right now uh, in terms of trying to get some more volume on the platform. Uh, we've seen that Super Rare and Async have uh, teamed up recently to do their Blueprints collection. They mentioned this, how they're now minting much larger collections where they used to be much uh, much more limited in scope. Um, talking about how Foundation is now um, no longer just a, uh, I'm sorry, invite only for artists. Um, so a few other changes just going on, you know, and you see the market uh, or see these marketplaces trying to, or shouldn't say that they've always really been marketplaces in that sense. I think they're trying to expand a bit more, trying to see if they can drum up some more volume um, when things are quiet. But, you know, I think we're going to see these, uh, you know, some of these are going to make it, you know, some of them will hopefully be you know, be merged with others rather than just shut down completely. But, you know, things are getting quiet for some of them and uh, not all these experiments will work, but, um, you know, worth looking at what people are doing to, you know, we will see, as we've talked about, we see, we will see some big winners that come out of this bear market. Yeah. I mean, what do you think that actually looks like? In terms of uh, what it looks like on the, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's going to be some, some of these art marketplaces popped up during the during the last year or so and i think that's going to yeah. be difficult if you now some of the, the marketplaces known origin super rare some of these that were launched during the quiet time or even launched maybe um you know when things were a little uh i don't know 2018 when it looked a little bit better and then went through a a bear market i you know those to me look like they have a much better chance of surviving um the 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 founders and the 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 people that are running these that have seen the bear markets and have been frugal and have been trying to uh, have, have have realized that this that the good times aren't just going to last forever. I think that those are the ones that that will uh, you know, that will be able to survive this and and come out stronger. Um, the the marketplaces that launched during the during the the bull run, I think, are going to have a much higher, harder time, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. You know, and a lot of it just comes down to timing, unfortunately. Yeah, the 2021 vintage was definitely one of abundance. Absolutely. All right. You have a, an affordable project, Connectivity. What is this? All right. So, of course, I've got a generative art project. <laughs> um, so this is one on, uh, this is one that's on optimism. So... This is a, it's on the Optimism Network, which we've talked about before. So part of this is uh, looking for something on uh, on the Optimism Network. I was looking for that. I was able to mint, I think, two, maybe three of these at 0.05. The floor is at 0.08 right now. Um, so this is the second collection out of Circular Art. This is a, a generative art platform on Optimism. Um, and I should say that the, the primary marketplace, as far as I know, it's the only marketplace on for optimism right now is for NFTs is Quixotic. Uh, we do have a link to this project in the, uh, the show notes, of course, um, so you can find it there. Um, so this is by an artist that goes by Talzy. Talzy has, uh, produced, I think it's four or five projects on FX hash, which is on the Tezos network. Um, those have all sold out, um, and 
there's been enough trading on there that, you know, you can see that there is some interest, uh, this, so the idea of, for me here was being able to do something on the optimism network, uh, to get ahead of maybe, you know, what I hope will be more activity on the network, but also, um, trying to do something on that, uh, on that network in order to qualify for a future airdrop. They have, uh, they have mentioned that they will be doing future airdrops. They, as we've talked about how they release 5% of the airdrop and they're planning to release up to 17% of the total, uh, token allocate or the, the total tokens um, in the airdrop. So I think that there could be a substantial amount more coming out. This The airdrop has had its own, there's, there's been some issues with it, but I, you know, I think what one of the nice things is that they actually can sort of make up for that by with these additional airdrops. So um, I was looking at this as an opportunity to, to try out a, uh, a new platform, hopefully, you know, qualify for a uh, for a, an airdrop at some point, but also get in on a piece that I think is, uh, by an artist that is reputable. I don't know. I wasn't familiar with them before. I haven't been super active on FX hash, but I know that is a popular generative art platform. So, um, was encouraged to see that he already had some following and I, I should say, I don't know that Talzy is a, he, I'm just, Talzy, um, at least has some following, you know, like I said, that floor is at 0.08. There's a lot at 0.09 and 0.1 still. So look through them. It's a, it's a, they're interesting pieces. They aren't, um, I, I don't know a ton about them on in terms of the, what to look for in rarity, but go check them out. Um, if nothing else, you can at least become familiar with that quixotic, uh, that quixotic marketplace on optimism. Yeah, it's cool. As a reminder, it's a layer two on top of Ethereum again, that we're talking about. And nice is that half of, well, publicly stated here, half of the funds will be donated to support Ukraine. Um, that, you know, that may change over time, but certainly the artist is, has an eye toward a, a public good and public, uh, public funding. All right. Well, why don't we move on and discuss more of, uh, our topic here is GameFi. Is GameFi, is it dead? Man, All right. it's been first off, what, no. is, what is GameFi? Good point. Good point. How are we defining that? So is it, is, is, it's, it's, I mean, we're financial it shit seems involved like it's, with games, right? right? It's games and finance. It, we're, it seems to be anything that is web three gaming, NFT, adding all of the, the buzzwords in there and, and adding gaming, right? <laughs> so I'd say it's the play to earn, play and earn and staking playing hybrids there so the play uh play to earn is the axie infinity model where playing generates rewards and you don't need to buy in for i mean you need tokens and playing pieces whatnot and assets to play the game but then it throws off uh revenue or at least some version of passive revenue without actively playing or scholars doing that work there then there's the play and earn, which is their way of avoiding the gambling commission's ire, but it's essentially gambling, right? Where you pay, you pay to enter a race, you pay to enter a fight, you pay to enter a situation wherein you want to be in the top three or the winner to then uh, receive the total pool of money. And then uh, a share of that pool goes back to the house, much like one might find at a poker table uh, or a blackjack table. So. The final thing is like a staking type of game. And we saw Wolf's game out there. Uh, there was, you know, we talked about Flower Fam recently. And those are ones where 
There's some element of I stake a thing and I get rewards based on how timing strategy things I'm pairing with staking in the game is. How do I increase the yield of my staking? And I, I will say first in line, I really thought that at the beginning of this year, it was going to be a huge year for, for gaming. I thought this would be the onboarding mecca for how we'd be getting the next million people to play with NFTs and get wallets. I think that has not yet come to pass and maybe that's in part because games are hard and then two because we are in a, a grizzly bear a grizzly bear market gobbling up all 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 hope and happiness yeah i mean it's i mean talking to a lot of people at the beginning of the year you know a lot of predictions were made about gaming bringing a lot more people in and you know it's it's somewhat hard to believe we're over halfway through the year and that certainly hasn't been true at this point and i mean i'm certainly not ready to say that gaming is dead um because as, as we just talked about for most of the news segment there's a lot of investment going on and we've also talked about how it's hard gaming's hard it takes time you know there's a reason that those that the traditional gaming companies um have grown to be as big as they are and that they aren't being, I don't know, taken down all the time. You're not just seeing random titles come up and be the most successful because it is really hard to produce good games. And I think we're still at the stage of these, these companies are figuring it out. I don't think they're all going to make it, but I think that the best ones are still building and we are way too early to judge. I think. I mean, I think the very best ones we probably aren't even talking about yet. You know, unfortunately, they may be even, you know, unfortunately for, for us, from a, uh, you know, NFT collector perspective, you know, I don't know that we're even able to get them. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that have decided not to necessarily just release something because it brings a lot of pressure of when is it going to happen? What, you know, we've talked about this, when, when is the next thing? And that's, that's hard for a team that wants to make sure they're actually getting a project right, getting the product right, and really making it a great game, as opposed to just trying to meet a deadline because they've got people in their discord saying when, when, when. Yeah, I'd say there are game five, web three gaming is hard. It's hard. And what I think I am still looking for are games that are going to be able to survive over time. Now, even still, like I've been with Zed for over a year and I, you know, effectively reinvested all of the money that I did make. So it's like hilarious that it's just like it all just sort of propagated in its own ecosystem. But I would not say that it has been a profitable game to play, but it has been a fun game, sometimes more so than others to play. So you know, I think you maybe remanage your expectation of being like, oh, I'm going to play this game to like make a ton of money and speculate. There's different ways to play games, I guess. And so, you know, in a period of time, it was, you know, incredibly profitable to be playing Pegaxi and then it fell off a cliff. A lot of these games that are play and um, play to earn are going to run into the Axie problem where it's the, you know, it's it's the pyramid problem of if you don't have new people coming in and bringing in new new revenue and new equity, right? If the players are the source of revenue and in terms of buying and transaction volume, once that music stops, the token price and core asset of the game drops. It, there's no way around that if that's your source of money. It's very simple. Like, and if you're walking into a game and they make it overly complex with, oh, and then we, we stake it, we move the money over here. And then because we have two tokens, we balance that with the, like, 
relax, follow the money. Where is new money coming from? And if the answer is new people buying game pieces, new drops and new pieces, as soon as new user acquisition drops, the coin is going to drop to zero or near zero. The economy cannot sustain it. That is the only monetary source. So and I think in many ways it is figuring out these complex game dynamics on top of the actual player user experience dynamics. So you're, you're just, you're dealing with two very heavy level complexity issues in a way that let's just say a free to play or freemium games, right? If you have, you know, click the stupid box type of move it around on a mobile app, a fewer people join that app. It doesn't matter, right? Because they're still selling free game whatevers to people. And you're like, ah, there's still some revenue coming in. The problem with, I think, GameFi is that when the user acquisition drops and the usage drops, the economy drops to zero. So it, it accelerates. It accelerates a downfall or exacerbates a problem uh, in, in that economy a lot more. You, know, you brought up an interesting point about, you know, these sort of low, uh, I don't know, low skill games that, that don't require a whole lot from the user. And I think there's a big opportunity there right now. You know, we've seen a lot of mobile games where there's little things to buy. You know, you spend 99 cents here, 99 cents there. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's been a lot of stories where people realize that they've, it adds up and they spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on some of these games. And I think that's, that's a real opportunity for, for crypto gaming. You know, we, we are, I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, great, getting this great game, you know, this, you know, great MMO style game or, or something that, you know, is by, you know, one of the, the big, great video game companies. And I think there's also something that can be done with, with little mobile games that people play all the time. Anyway, you know, we see these all over the, the top of, uh, app store charts and they're bringing in a lot of money. That doesn't go anywhere, but right back to the developer. And I think there is an opportunity for people to make games that maybe people don't necessarily realize are entirely crypto based, but they're fun. They're, you know, they're somewhat addictive, but it gives you the opportunity to own those assets. And maybe there's not a token involved in at all. You know, I think that's, that's certainly a way that we should maybe be looking at this from the start and maybe, you know, bringing that in later is the token has definitely been the downfall a lot of, of a lot of these games. I know that there's some, you know, there's some use case for it, but it's, it's not worth it if it's going to kill the game in the long run. You know, we may, there's, there's two different things here and, you know, we got to, if there's people that want to play and are willing to spend on something and own an asset, I think that's, that's a big opportunity for, for crypto gaming. Yeah. It, you said something earlier that we probably have not even come across the game yet that's going to be its breakaway. We have this uncanny ability, though, to at some point have randomly mentioned the right game or the right thing. I'm hearkening back to our land conversation. We had an episode, if you don't, if you haven't, go back and listen to it. Um, well, it's wildly out of date, but we were talking about digital land and we mentioned things like NFT worlds. And it's the one we recommended like going in on Sandbox. And, you know, and basically everything we talked about was, was almost worthy of something that was going to take off. And, you know, when we were talking about ENS names, we're like, something's going to happen here. And then like, you know, the number digit of ENS. So we're in the right area, but sometimes talking to like the left side or right side of it. And, you know, we can only watch so many things. So thanks also to the, the folks in our, in our discord that are, are bringing up more things and, uh, things to look at. Um, but 
I don't know. I I like what Zed is doing. They have the Lindy effect there. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make a ton there. But it's a game, right? So if the goal is to make you know make bank, you have to kind of bet when it's dangerous. You have to put bets on certain things. You're like, I don't know if they're gonna get exit velocity to a game at Alluvium, right? They don't have something like that in Star. Uh, what is it? Starcraft. That uh, is another another big one. And you kind of have to take a huge risk, but that means you have to take a bunch of these bets, and it's, it's tough. Uh, I don't know if everyone has the bankroll to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we we talked about how Animoca was investing in another one of these uh, these gaming companies that are actually in uh, in uh, Red Village, and Animoca's in everything. You know, we've talked about this before. Remember. There, these big whales, the big companies can invest in everything. You cannot, we cannot, you know, and that, that does make it harder. You know, we're, we're sniffing around this, this game by area and, you know, hopefully we find something, but, uh, there's a, you know, there's a very likely possibility that it can pass us right by, even when we're, we're looking out, we're looking for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at my bets on crypto unicorns and like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not going anywhere. I'm waiting on Martian Premier League, another one that we promoted to to launch something, you know, in a, in a game management. And that's like a soccer bet. There's only like, and then that, that's, I am absurd with the amount of bets I'm taking and still I am not in everything that I'm seeing by a, by a long shot. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, that, that Alluvium one's a good point. You know, 72 million sounds like, well, that's a huge sale. Of course, they're going to use that well. And then you remember that Pixelmon did 70 million. And nobody's heard of heard much of anything from them. So, you know, be careful. Keep it in mind. I certainly don't expect anything like that from Alluvium, but don't Absolutely just, not at all. Alluvium's real. Uh, they're real, but 72 million doesn't mean that it's going to be a success. <laughs> just because you watched a lot of people dump a lot of money. Do not assume. All right. All right. Thanks for bringing the, the affordable project, Andrew. Good luck. See you out there. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.